Welcome back, everybody, to an episode of Big Apple Hockey, where uh, I will I will admit I am sort of on the ledge right now, ready to jump off the building, but I'm hoping that's not going to be the case. That's why I got Anthony here to stop me from doing it. So I, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, that I actually had my graphic up and I didn't have to search for it for a few minutes. And I am joined by the man who is also just shaking his head this week for a different reason. Mr. Anthony LaRocco. Yeah, some really unexpected news the other day. Um, that's it's, it's just dumbfounded, honestly. Did not see it coming. I, you know what? I, I, the way, and we're going to start, by the way, by talking about that news that Anthony is dumbfounded about. Because this week, uh, we're go- and we're going to get into the Rangers in a, um, in a bit. Because obviously that's they're playing a game tonight, but the New York uh, but the New York Islanders this week parted ways with head coach Barry Trotz. I had a video on that with my reaction to that, and I kept on saying I can't wait for Anthony to break this down with us. He is here, obviously, to do that. Trotz, 152 wins, three playoff appearances, two conference finals appearances, and 152 wins, third most in Islanders history. Anthony, who are the two guys ahead of him? Al Arbor and Fred Flintstone. <laughs> Hard to believe Jack Capuano. Well, he had seven years to do it, so yeah. why not? I mean, Trotz won Coach of the Year with the New York Islanders, turning them from a porous turnstile defensive team to one of the most stalwart defensive teams. Just Anthony, give me your thoughts on this one. Well, um, like I said, it was it was shocking. Um, I was dumbfounded. I did I didn't, you know, I didn't see it coming. Um, but then, in you know, in retrospect, when I afterwards, when I sat back and really thought about it, um, I thought it was weird that when the season ended, players have the exit meetings. Um, Lula Morello and Barry Trotz did not did not speak to the media, which they general the coach and general manager always do. Um, and a couple of days later, Andrew Gross, beat writer from Newsday, said that they were still in meetings. So when I thought about it, I'm like. Like, ah, now it actually starts to make a little sense because it seems like it maybe was something that Lou was stewing on. Um, but listen, you know, um, the the way I look at it is I think that it, it it's just a situation of where maybe uh, they the two had philosophical differences on, you know, what direction to take this summer. That could be it. I mean, Lou Lamorello, as you know, he doesn't give much um, in his media conference uh after the news came out, he just simply said that he thought that the players um, needed a new voice, um, which to me is a little telling. I mean, he denied it, said he hadn't spoke to any players, but I can tell you right now, every player meets with usually the coach and the general manager. Sometimes they do it together, but they definitely talk. And I think maybe as Lou was talking to some players during the exit meetings, he might've gotten some Intel or information that he read between the lines on. Cause look, I, I don't think anybody came in there, like, for instance, I don't think Brock Nelson went into his meeting with Lou and said, you know, we don't like Barry Trotz anymore. I think it just might have been some comments from questions that he asked and how they responded with. And like I said, you know, he pieced that together and maybe felt that, um, you know, the players needed needed a new voice, like he said. So, um, listen, you know, how do you slice it? Trotz is a Hall of Fame coach, one of the best coaches of all time. Um, he brought, you know, he brought respectability back to the franchise along with Lou, of course. Um, you know, employed his defensive first system. So, like, again, it's it's something that I don't think any Islander fans saw coming or really anybody in the hockey world. But, um, you know, Lou Lamorello is a guy that, 
Um, he's a no-nonsense guy. And, you know, I said this to Islander fans who were a little upset, and I said I get it, but I said, let me let me point this out to you. How many years did we have Garth Snow as a general manager where essentially there was he held no one accountable? There was losing season after losing season, and it was almost like it was accepted. He didn't can anybody. He didn't do any of that. Lou Lamorello, one bad season by Trotz, and he was gone. That, I think that just goes to show that Lou doesn't accept losing. It's not part of his culture. It's not part of his philosophy, and he doesn't he doesn't stand for it. Now, with that said, you could you know some people are saying, okay, well then maybe place the blame on Lou because he constructed the roster, which you know which is fair to an extent. But to that, I say is now reserve judgment because now mm-hmm. after, after this firing of of Trotz, now Lou is in the line of fire because now he's going to hire a new coach. And he's going to make changes to the roster this offseason. So if they still fail next season, then yes, sure, you can you can point your ire towards Lou and blame him. But for now, um, you know, I, I again I give him benefit of the doubt. He's Hall of Fame general manager, one of the most respected men around the league. Um, so if he felt that you know the Islanders needed a new voice, I mean, who am I to say that you know he's he's wrong or he made the wrong choice? Uh, He's been around. He knows what he's doing. I mean, you pointed out. Look what he did with the Devils. He fired. Who was it? He fired Robbie Fatorik when they were first team. When they were first place a few days before the playoffs, before the season ended, um, replaced so, him with Larry Robinson. And then they went on to win a cup. Mm-hmm. With Robinson. So you know the man knows what he's doing. I know Trotz was a like I said, he was well respected. The fans loved him. But at the end of the day, you got to give the benefit of the doubt to Lou right now. You, you know. And and this is why we definitely need an Anthony because I mean I'm 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 still trying to make any sense of it, and even though it's it's not my not my team, but still we're covering the New York Islanders. It's just one of those things that you know this team was built for Barry Trotz. Obviously, let me Lou, just point out that this that's wrong. By the way, they didn't trade Letty for nothing. They got a second round pick for Letty, which turned into Atu Rowdy, who's the Islanders' best prospect, um, and is producing in the playoffs right now for Bridgeport. So um, just wanted to point that out. But trading, but Taves was one of those guys you kind of looked over and went, the Islanders missed Taves. They kind of wanted him to stay, but they were in a cap crunch. Yeah, there's there's no no doubt the the Taves trade stings right now, but, you know, they're in a cap crunch. And he had, uh, you know, I guess he felt that at that time, Nick Letty had two years left on his contract. And I guess it was harder for him to trade Letty um, easier for him to trade tapes. So, I mean, there's there's no there's no way around it. That that trade sucked. That that trade, even though they got two seconds for Taves, that trade that trade hurt. But now you're contending that the Islanders are going to go get a veteran head coach. Here's a list of a bunch of them that are available. And yes, Joel Quenville's name is on that list. Don't pending worry. reinstatement. Can you look at that list and say? the Islanders should go get coach X. Well, um, my, my initial gut is Babcock. I mean, Lou had, Lou had history with him in Toronto. Um, and with Babcock, you're essentially, you're moving on from one hall of fame coach in trots to another in Mike Babcock. So, um, that, that could be a good fit. I think Babcock will employ a, a, a more offensive system, which is going to suit Barzell, big time, which is another topic. I, I think Barzell is going to get, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to get 85 points again, like he did in his rookie year, but with a new coach, 
that's presumably going to play a more offensive system, you're going to definitely see an uptake in Matt Barzell's numbers. Um, but yeah, Mike Babcock, Quenville's great, but with everything that happened with him and how he kind of turned uh, turned his back to what was going on, I, I'm not really sure. And also, too, Lou is all about professionalism, respect, and I just can't see Lou Lamorello hiring a guy like Joel Quenville right now. Um, not right now. Radioactive. Yeah, I, bring. Um, I, I don't see it. Other than that, the names, I mean, Paul Maurice maybe intrigues me a little bit. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux does if he opts not to go back to Vancouver after what he did for that team. I, I would welcome him. Um, and the other option is Lane Lambert, you know, the assistant. He's been sought after by many NHL teams the last couple of years. Uh, so if the Islanders don't give him the job, I'm sure he'll probably just leave. But he's he's a candidate, too. But mm-hmm. with with how Lou said he thinks the players need a new voice, I think that he's not really going to be the the option because he's essentially an extension of Barry Trotz. I mean, if he's the coach, they're going to play a very similar way. And how much really of a new voice is that? So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. On that list, I'm going to say Babcock, Boudreaux, um, Maurice. Definitely not. It's not going to be Colladin. Like I said, he's going to want a veteran guy. John Hines, um, I don't really think he's particularly good. Derek King's too green. Uh, don't want Elaine Vigneault at all. So, Yeah, and, there, and there's still more names that could even be added to this list. How much would this one terrify you? David <laughs> Quinn. Yeah, that, that, would, uh, that would be horrendous. But, um, again, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Lou is going to go with a guy who doesn't have much experience. Um, I think he's going to try to get another veteran coach. Which – which, by the way, because uh, I'm going to tie it right back to the Rangers in a moment, but I do have to ask you this question. I want to know your opinion on this. Currently constructed minus Barry Trotz, is the Islanders' Stanley Cup window still open? A um, little bit of a, t- a hard question to answer because I think – You don't know without, who the coach is, I know. Without Trotz, um, like, who knows? I mean, the co- – well, I – Actually, that's a lie. No, I'm going to say almost for a fact that next year the Islanders are going to be a more wide-open team. They're not going to play the same structure and system that Barry Trotz did. So that should lead to more goal scoring. Um, so maybe that, maybe that helps them become an even better team. I know under Doug Waite they scored a lot of goals, but, you know, they had no defense. I don't think it's going to be that extreme again. I think they are going to play, like, you know, kind of right in the middle. Um, mm-hmm. But it depends. You know, I, I think with the with – the right coach. And then if they add a guy, you know, if they land a Philip Forsberg or, you know, add more scoring in the off season, I honestly think they could be an even better team than they were when Barry Trotz was the coach. So um, yeah, you know, I, I still think, I still think they are. I mean, as much as I love Barry Trotz uh, and his system, Barry Trotz wasn't the sole piece that, you know, that powered the Islanders. They, they do have a good core of players um, that really matters the most because they're the ones playing on the ice, but yeah, I think just a hypothetical, if they added Mike Babcock and then added a goal scorer, um, you know, and then got another left side defense to play with Noah Dobson to replace Letty, I think they could be a really dangerous team. By the way, we're going to have uh, more tone depthness from David Quinn in a moment, but I had and more on the Islanders potentially signing free agents in a moment. But I do have to ask this question. Are the Islanders a premier coaching destination? Are they a very attractive coaching destination? Yeah, you know what? Um, I think so. Like 
listen, they just came off back-to-back conference finals appearances. And I think most executives, agents, everyone around the NHL recognize that this year was just a hiccup, which makes some people, you know, raise their eyebrows even further why Trotz was let go. Um, so with that said, yeah, I, I think I think they're still viewed as a team that has a good core, um, you know, great building, obviously, great place to live. So, yeah, I mean, I think there will be a lot of coaches that would be chomping at the bit to work for Lou Lamorello and coach, you know, the Islanders here in New York. So, um, yes, okay. I would say so. Gut reaction, where does Barry Trotz end up? I want to say if, if – if he chooses to continue coaching, because there's also been some speculation that he might want to step into more of like a management role. Um, but I would say Winnipeg, you know, he's, he's from there. Um, you know, I don't think Lowry's going to stay there. They're looking for a coach. Um, you know, he can kind of go home, so to speak. So I, I would say Winnipeg would be my favorite. Um, the other possible teams, if, if DeBoer is let go in, in Vegas, I could see that as a potential option. Um, and I could also see Philly taking a, a big shot at him. But uh, Winnipeg would be at the top of my list. That would be bad news in a lot of ways for Ranger fans because a lot of you guys in the chats in the last couple of weeks, you've been begging for Mark Shifley. If he goes to Winnipeg, they are not dealing Mark Shifley. So we want to know more what you think about uh, Barry Trotz leaving the New York Islanders. Good move, bad move. Don't forget, you can drop a comment below. These are new graphics that'll hide our faces a little bit, but I'm still working on them. And don't forget to like, share, subscribe, also hit the bell. So, yeah, wow, that really does cover our faces a lot. So it's hard to do mid, mid, um, mid sequence. We are going to go to the New York team that's playing a game tonight. And Anthony, obviously, I am, I am. I'm ready to slip my wrists at the thought of this series because this hasn't been the series we've been led to believe in any way. And uh, we talked about the disallowed goal and still thought things were going to turn around. They tied the series one, one, even after game three, you thought maybe I still thought it was a great sign. The Rangers fought back and tied game three and maybe, and they took the, the, the lead in game four and they're going to, to do something, but uh, sorry guys that I'm leaving up to Islanders, Chiron. Uh, the, the real question is, can the New York Rangers stay alive tonight? Yeah, they're they're at home. Um, I, I think so. Uh, I think winning, you know, winning the series is going to be a little hard. You know, coming back from three ones difficult. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I think they could, you know, win the game tonight without question. Um, you know, after all, you know, Louis Domingue, I can't believe that he's getting wins. But, I mean, with him and goal, um, you never know. I mean, his true colors could kind of come shining back there, uh, who he is at the core. But, um, you know, the Rangers just have to play – they just have to play a hard game. they got to play a desperate game because that's what they are right now. They're desperate. They lose, they go home. Um, so, you know what? Uh, for me, though – I think the key is Mika Zibanejad has to has to earn that contract that he's going to be start getting paid next season because he's got no goals so far in this playoff series. Uh, he's got four assists, so I think four points in four games. You look at it and you're like, oh, you know, point per game, um, and that's fair. But I mean, you you need him to score. You need him to score, plain and simple. The, the, their best players need to be their best players, um, and right now that's not the case. I mean, Adam Fox. I mean, he 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 looks 
I know Ranger fans, you know, Nemeth is a whipping boy and, and rightfully so, but um very Adam, rightfully so. Adam Fox um really hasn't been playing that much better than Patrick Nemeth, to be totally honest with you. Uh he's he's looked he's looked a little lazy on some of his on some of his um efforts in the defensive zone. The Jake um, Gensel goal in game yeah. four for Hansons. Yes, yes. Out of out of place. Um, so yeah, he, he needs to absolutely be better as well. Um, and then there's Igor, you know, I'm a little concerned for you guys because I think goaltending is a mental, is a mental game. Um, it, it really well, actually, is. Before you, before you say that, Ant, yeah, I sent this into the group chat for you and I said this to you guys yesterday, but he looks gassed mentally. Yes. And if you look at his numbers, I'm going to bring up, and I said, I put it in yesterday, the. Henrik Lundqvist, 2005-2006 season where he was great and his goals against doubled yes. and his save percentage dropped by 100. These are Igor's numbers after 53 games as well. And it's just a stark, stark thing. And I'm beginning to think it's not an aberration. I think he's, I think he's gassed. Yeah, and you know, not to cut you off, but, you know, he, he played in that, that in, you know, game one, overtime, with 79 saves um, to – I, I felt that a lot of times, and it's not always the case, but in the playoffs, if you play a marathon game, you know, three, two overtimes, three overtimes, four overtimes, and you lose, I think a lot of times it could be hard for that team to lose to mentally come back from that. Um, and now that he's a goaltender on top of that, to lose that game, um, I think I think got to him for sure. Um, and the last two games he's been pulled, so – uh, if the Rangers have any chance of winning this series, he needs to he needs to perform like he did in Game One, um, and even during the regular season. Uh, but right now, if the Igor Shosturkin from the last two games is in goal tonight, um, I don't know if the series will last much longer. Uh, but he's been he's fantastic, easily a Vesna Trophy winner. Um, but he's looked like a different goalie since game one. It's it's where it, I it leads me to ask this question: Do you start your gift? No, no, you got to You got to you got to start your you got to start your um, your future Vesna winner and your number one guy. If Gallant started Georgiev tonight and they lost, um, he he'd be putting his job in jeopardy. Frankly. Hmm. Uh, and it was already announced that Shesterkin was starting, but that would, yeah, that would be suicide. We do have a lot of fan clamoring saying you got to go with Georgiev, oh. especially when you're making oh. the argument that Igor is gassed and such and such. But I, I still maintain I, Igor is the future of this franchise, and he's going to have to learn. You, you got to keep riding yeah. him out there. And you know, you know what? I looking like before the series started that I thought. Um, that I thought was silly. And it, I, cause I saw it on Twitter from, you know, maybe I think two to five, like Ranger fans. Cause I guess, you know, whoever I follow, I see posts from people, but there are a lot of like Ranger fans that saying, Oh, I, I don't see us losing this series because you know, that would mean Igor Shesterkin would have to lose four times. Like I'm sitting there saying to myself, like what Patrick Wall lost playoff series. Dominic Hasek lost playoff series. Just because you're a really good goalie doesn't mean you're immune to losing a playoff series. So I'm like that. That's like just kind of like ass backwards thinking, and it just goes. No, I think what they what they were trying to say is that it's really difficult 
to beat yeah, those goals. Yeah, and, and I understand. And I understand that. But it, my point is, like for a guy like Shesterkin, this is his first. This is his first taste of the playoffs in the NHL, mm-hmm. um, and it's a different. It's a different ball game, and I think some guys you you need that you need that adjustment. You know, sometimes it's hard for a goalie who has no experience playing the playoffs to jump in and play at the same level that he played at during the regular season. Um, it just is. It's called mental toughness. And I'm not saying, you know, Igor Shosturkin is is weak mentally. That's not what I'm saying. But, you know, for, for some guys, it takes a little bit of a learning curve to really to get up to the test for the for the rigors of the NHL playoffs. Um, and right now, uh it seems that game one really affected him in that regard. Yeah. And right now as uh, uh, Aiden saying uh, the range. Yeah. You think the Rangers have the confidence like Trupa said, they're coming to play tonight. Yeah. I think they're going to, I think they're going to put forth their best effort of the series since game one, since they came out, you know what? They got to go out and win tonight. There you go. That, that That's it. You just got to take it one game at a time. Yes, uh, 30 teams have come back from a 3-1 deficit. It's about a 10% clip. And, you, you know, it's if you're going to do it, you have to do you have to get the first win, and then you have to get the second win. But also, by the way, a lot more of these teams have forced Game 7, but then lost Game 7. So as yeah. poor Python has brought up in this, <laughs> he's making a wild prediction, but that might actually be it. Um by the way, Sean, just to let you know, it was my high school sweetheart. We were together for three years. She did not leave me at prom. So, <laughs> um, but talk being so, you're right about it. Talk being so much, you have to go out there. They got to prove it. And again, the Rangers came out strong. The thing is, and I've said this too, Anthony, and let me see if, um, if you agree with this. I think having the disallowed goal affects you more mentally than having your backup in net if anything i think having your backup in net makes you tighter defensively knowing you can't take more risks would you agree with that um i mean a little bit but to be honest you can't i mean if if players are sitting there sulking over a disallowed goal that happened a couple of games ago and that's affecting- or losing a triple overtime game yeah but that that that's got to be you got to forget about that if they're if they're literally still thinking about that and one of the reasons why they're not playing well then you know they need to they need to check themselves as a professional athlete because it's playoff hockey you got you got to move on you can't you can't harp on it maybe it's okay in the moment you know for the for you know in the locker room after the game is over but every game is a new game you, you, everything else that happened prior needs to be thrown out the window that's the mentality mm-hmm. you have to have um, and that's a, that's a loser's mentality. So I really hope that's that's not their train of thought of there or if that's affecting them at all. But um, listen, when it comes when it comes down to it, the nitty gritty, their backs are against the wall. They have to win tonight. They have to come out. They have to play a full sixty minutes. Like I said, Zibanejad has to perform. Shesterkin has to be up to the task. Um, you know, Panarin needs to be Artemi Panarin, um, and Adam Fox needs to play like you know he's a a, a Norris Trophy winner so um and they need to find a way to slow down crosby's line because right now um they don't they don't have an answer for for crosby or his which is which is actually going to be an important topic when we do the bar talking about like two minutes but there's that's why i think there is one player you could say goodbye to soon enough and they they're using mika zapanajad as the matchup center 
He is very much miscast in that. You, you guys I understand. Yeah, you guys I understand him. Yeah, go ahead. You guys want to borrow Adam Pellick for the rest of the series? I would rather borrow JG Pajot because he would definitely annoy the hell out of Crosby and Malkin, and it would be over. And that's where I thought Andrew Kopp was going to come in. But right now they're using him as the second, the second line right wing and not to knock Andrew Kopp. He's done a great job. And I really hope the Rangers resign him, but that's why there's going to be, there's going to be a little bit, there's going to be changes uh, next year. And if you're Chris Drury, I think you're going to, you're going to focus on a couple more things. And again, by the way, Tyler Mott not being in this series, Barkley Goudreau not being in this series. Uh, Sammy Blay not being in the series. There is a lot of of reasons why they're not there. Now, by the way, uh, as Rick, what you're saying before, uh, did Truba mean that they didn't that they didn't come and play other nights? Yeah, I, I understand, and I I kind of had a little chuckle when you said that. Obviously, they're pros; they're coming to play other nights, but he's he's trying to rile up the fans. He's trying to rile up the teams, and. A lot of times you get, then you get into situations like this where the Rangers win tonight. Let's say they go to Pittsburgh and then they go, Oh, Hey, tonight's our game seven. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a game seven after that. You're going to have to save some of that energy. I always love that expression. That's it's sort of like, it's sort of like a baseball straighten it out when you foul it off. It's like straighten it out. It's a pop-up to the pitcher <laughs> if you do that. So come on. By the way, 67% of you that are voted in have said that the New York Rangers is going to win tonight. And if that's so, then there might be another post-game show because I'll, I'll be doing one tonight. Hopefully not after a triple overtime where I'm blasted at the end of it. <laughs> um, Anthony saw the video about that. It was, thank God, we had to post that. Guys, so share more of your thoughts on the Rangers tonight. Obviously, I'm going to reuse these a lot. I might have to fix them. For later, drop a comment. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Anthony, we are going to do some bar talk. And uh, let's get that out. And get that ticker out of there. All right. We're going to do some bar talk, guys. We're going to go around the league and talk also a little bit more Rangers Islanders right now. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to see beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. And I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. When Filk does come back on camera and you, you see that video again, you're going to be like, where did the rest of the guy go? Yeah, he, yeah. He, he's looking good right now, yeah. everybody. He's, he's, he's been working hard at the gym, too. All right. But welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we gauge our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident you're buying everybody around? Are you, do you just like so-so you want a beer? Or, oh, my goodness, I need a shot. I got no confidence in this. So, Anthony, I'm going to go right to something I just alluded to a moment ago. The New York Rangers should let Ryan Strom walk. Uh, round. Um, I think they should re-sign Cop, um, put him in the third C slot. And then look for a trade for another top two center, uh, mainly you know Mark Scheifele or or someone else that may hit the market. That, I think that would be the best the best move for the Rangers um, and overall, and I think that would improve their center depth a lot and make a more dangerous team. For instance, Benajad, Scheifele, 
um, cop down the middle is a lot better than what they would have if they keep Strom and cop. So, um, you know, round, I think Strom definitely had good chemistry with Artemi Panarin. There's no doubt about that. Um, and he's a good player, but if you, you know, if you moved Ryan Strom to the Buffalo Sabres or the Ottawa Senators or really, you know, um, any other team, uh, that didn't have like a high, a high end elite player on his line, um, he wouldn't produce the way nearly to the point he is. So, um, I think he's a product of Artemi Panarin. So, uh, definitely I would let him go and look for that upgrade by via Mark Scheifele or someone similar. Well, um, I'm going to, well, first I'll address Mark Shifley. If you're going for more defense, Mark Shifley isn't the answer. Uh, Cause I, I can't, as much as I rave how much I love Mark Shifley, but uh, on the other hand, then maybe you can use Mika's advantage ad in that shutdown role uh, specifically. I'm definitely buying around on this. Um, I have never been a huge Ryan Strom fan. I've given him credit for what he's done as a New York Ranger, but the Rangers need to go out and get a bona fide 3C that is a matchup center and will cause other top centers fits. Because right now, this is why I'm not killing Mika Zibanejad on this. He's miscast in this role. He was miscast in this role basically his entire career. Is he a far better defensive center than what we want to give him credit for? Yeah. But I mean, he doesn't win faceoffs. He's about a, I think he's about like 43%. And the Rangers need guys that are going to win faceoffs. And they got to go and find a guy that can that can at least go up against the other team's top line. Because right now, who are you matching them up? Who are you matching up with? That, that matters so much in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I can't ex- say how much that matters. Think about think about um the 2014 New York Rangers. Well, first off, you had a line of uh, Brian Boyle and uh, Dominic Moore. Both of them can win a face-off if they needed to. It didn't even matter who their third wing was, the, the, the third board of that line was. Usually it was Derek Dorsett. But this uh, this team, and when you didn't have them out there, Brad Richards was still capable. Derek Broussard was still capable. Derek Stepan was an excellent defensive center. But it's just, no, move on from Ryan Strom. You can get something. And by the way, you're going to have to take his money and spend it on Andrew Kopp anyway, and it leaves you extra money left over because Ryan Strom is definitely asking for six-plus million. So we're going to go on from there. The New York Islanders are still are a premier free agent destination. Anthony? Um, I'm going to go round, and I'm basing that off uh, that article in The Athletic I saw a couple of months ago I told you guys about where um, agents were polled on you know what – on what teams they try to direct their clients to. Um, and the only the only teams ahead of the Islanders and Rangers were the Canadians and the Maple Leafs. So, um, you know, yeah, it's it's New York. Um, it's close to the city, a new arena, you know, Long Island, beautiful place to live. You have a family, you know, beaches, it's got everything. Um, you know, and, you know, high-class, high-end facilities with North Welder practice facility. Uh, and then a well-respected front office with Lula Morello. So, um, and, you know, trots going doesn't, you know, doesn't really change that. So, um, you know, rounds, uh, we'll see, we'll see how Lou does this off season when he, uh, when he takes a swing at Phil Forsberg, uh, assuming he reaches uh, unrestricted free agency. And uh, I'm still going to go round. I really wanted to change my opinion on this based on who the coach is. But if you tell me the Islanders get Mike Babcock, then it's still right there for me as a player. That being said, uh, 
You know, everything, everything about it, it, it I think a little bit of it rests on the coach. If I'm Johnny Gaudreau, I, I it was a no-brainer for me to go to Barry Trotz. Now I'd have to see if the Flyers get Rick Tockett or if um, more on him in a second. and Or if just just where the setup might be. If the Islanders end up opening it up, that could also attract some guy like Philip Forsberg, though. So it, it, it depends. But I'm, I'm still going to go with their premier destination and Ledecky and all that cap space they got right now. We're going to go to... The guy that I just mentioned a second ago, Rick Tockett should be the top choice for the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, shot. I mean, now that Trotz is a free agent coach, uh, every team's first choice should be Barry Trotz. Um, so yeah, I, I think um, Tockett obviously has the history with the Flyers, or I guess you know maybe be a feel good story there. But uh, I think Barry Trotz would would fit them. He'd bring defensive structure to a team that has really had none. Um, so yeah, uh, that's easy. Trot should be their number one choice, not Tockett. So I'll, I'll go. I'll go shot. You know what? This was set up all weekend for 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 it to be buying around, and then the Islanders had to fire Barry Trotz. It's shot. <laughs> it's definitely shot. Barry Trotz. There are teams in the playoffs currently playing games right now that would fire their head coaches. Yes. I was yeah. talking about that that uh, Brendan Shanahan was possibly on the phone calling Barry Trotz in the middle of the first and second period. More on the Leafs in in a little bit, but uh, I mean, th- there are lots of teams that would go with Barry Trotz. I would th- they would they would throw him out right now. It's not the New York Rangers, everybody. <laughs> Sorry to say that one. They're paying Gerard Gallant a lot of money, and he's done a great job too. Don't forget that one. That's by the way, that's a little bit ludicrous. I know. I have friends. I'm not even talking about you guys in the comments. Go right ahead and say that. It's fine. But I got friends of mine that the first thing they did uh, on Monday night was say, fire, go on, and hire trots. Really? And by the way, you also don't want an organization to do that. You don't want an organization that's constantly hiring and firing coaches. That's not going to be good. Anthony, to the team that is number two in the league, as the only team that's not playing any games right now, Colorado – Colorado's rest will lead to rust. Um, a lot of art. I'll, I'll go beer. Um, you know, but Colorado is is way too way too talented. Um, you know, I think even with the rest they have, uh, they'll still be able to to have success in round two. Um, the reason why I'm 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 still saying beer though is because yeah, I mean, not playing games for however long it's going to be. You know, eight days, nine days, or wherever it is that when they play again in round two. Um, there might be a little bit of rust, but not not anything that's gonna you know derail the Avalanche off their quest of the Cup. Um, but it, it might you know, like I said, that game one they might have a little rust, in, you know, when when round two starts. But um, you know, because happened to the Islanders when they swept Pittsburgh in 2019, they were off for I think it was like nine, I think it was like nine days until they started their series with Carolina, and then they got swept. Um, and I think that that long layoff kind of, you know, derailed the momentum. But that Avalanche, this Avalanche team is a much better team. And I, I think nothing will be able to stop them from, you know, cruising to the Stanley Cup finals. So, By the way, David, I have the bag still to put over my head. And I hope I'm not going to use it tonight after the Ranger game's over. But the oh, oops, talk it. But uh, there might be a little bit of rust, but this is exactly what Colorado needed. Now they're going to be. Uh, healthy. So I guess I, I forgot if I even put up the shot. Did it was shot for you? 
Oh, I said beer. Oh, beer. Okay. So there. Oh, that's right. I did put up the beer. But I'm gonna go shot for me because you know what? Uh, those guys. <laughs> it, the one thing that's gonna help is that Darcy Kemper is gonna be 100% by the time that series happened, and uh, they're gonna be facing a t- a good team that might yes. be a little bit beat up in St. Louis or Minnesota, and that's where if you watched our playoff bracket, Phil and I. Philk actually talked me into St. Louis winning that series. And wow, that's St. Louis. They're looking pretty good. And they're down Pavel Buchnevich. Uh, not down, down. He's He hasn't scored a playoff goal yet. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, but speaking about Colorado, and uh, by the way, Colorado completed the sweep on Monday. Uh, speaking about Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Ah, did it again. <laughs> speaking of Minnesota and the Blues. Ugh. Minnesota should turn to Cam Talbot to force game seven. Shot. Shot. Yeah. Um, Flurry's the guy. He has the experience. I mean, he's – I don't think he's the reason why they're they're down 3-2 necessarily. Um, you stick with your horse. I got to go shot, too. Um, one guy's got three Stanley Cups. He won one. Uh, he's made it to the finals three different times. And just him personally, he's got playoff experience galore. Absolutely not. And the goals last night, I don't think any of them were particularly his fault. Uh, The Tarasenko second one, he was screened. The Tarasenko first one, he was uncovered. Uh, The the O'Reilly goal was a rebound. No. And also, Cam Talbot is not going to Hall of Fame. Hate to break no. that news to everybody, <laughs> but no, it's it's definitely definitely not. Uh, so that's a quick one for us. We're gonna move right on to Washington's missed empty net may have saved Florida Stanley Cup hopes. I'll start this one for you, Anthony. I'm buying around on that one, and I understand now. There was an argument on TNT about that where a lot of guys missed net, and all the guys were yelling at Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett said, "No, you shoot for the empty net." And the ensuing faceoff comes comes back with the with the goalie pulled. Garnet uh, Hathaway missed the empty net. Sam Reinhardt ends up tying the game, and they win in overtime. But y- you go for the empty net to end the game. I have no problem with that. I would have tried banking it off the boards and trying to give it time, so that way maybe it slows down and it's not an icing. That's what you also try to do. And yes, players do practice that. So it's that's just what I think. No matter what, they missed the empty net icing and it kept Florida's Stanley Cup hopes alive. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go beer just because, you know, if let's say he hits that and they go up there 3 1. Um, I mean, I know the Rangers are down 3 1. It's not a good spot to be in, but out of all teams that can come back from a 3 1. Um, I think it would be Florida because they have the firepower to do it. Um, but, yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, you kind of you missed the empty net and then, you know, face off in their own end, bam, tie game. Um, so it's easy to connect the dots there. But um, I just think that I wouldn't go as far as saying that it, you know, saved Florida's cup hopes because I think even if they lost that game, they still could have uh, ended up winning the series. But um, don't get me wrong, it definitely helped the Panthers case, that's for sure. Uh, I I now I get what David's trying to say. It's like uh, whenever I put the shot icon yeah. up, 
Yeah, it's right over yeah. your face. Yeah, I've apologized about that for weeks. I want to fix it, but on the other hand, it is kind of funny. Uh, however, it works better when there's three of us because then it's not in front of anybody's face. All right, going on to, did you watch the Edmonton uh, LA game last night? Uh, I watched a portion of it, yes. Wow, I, I can't believe that game went to overtime. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it did, and then Mike Smith is actually keeping Edmonton in this series. I mean, I'll give him a little bit of credit, um, beer, but uh, I, I still think if they had a better goalie, um, that the Oilers could probably win this series somewhat easily. Um, I think Mike Smith, um, they should have moved on for him last year. They brought back the same exact goaltending duo, um, which to me was a little ridiculous because it's not like they won the cup. You know, they, they fell short of their goal and you bring back the same goalies. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get that one. Um, but you know, yeah, he's, he's for his age, you know, he still makes some good stops. He's, he's not horrendous, but, um, I think again, if they had a better goalie, they'd go further. You know, I got to give him credit too. I got to go beer. And he's, he played really well last night. He's also <laughs> made that misplay in game one, which kind of led to a goal. It's just, yeah, I don't get why they're, why they're so, they were so high in this goalie tandem. Partially because Peter Shirelli put him in a bad spot, you know? Yep. Hey, I'm going to re-sign Miko Koskinen for four years. Oh, okay. You're fired. <laughs> you know, you yeah. should have told us that before <laughs> you, you did that. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they lost three, two in overtime, partially the, their offense got him back in the game, dry sidle on the power play with minutes remaining to tie it. And then a minute and a half in Adrian Kempe gets Juice. his second of the game. Yep. Just, just Wow. And this is, this is the reason why these playoffs this year have been absolutely fantastic. Every single series, series except for two. <laughs> Let's be honest. The, the Colorado one was a runaway, and the Rangers-Penguins have not lived up to their end of the bargain. Moving on to the other Metropolitan Series. Boston-Carolina will not have a road win. That the it's trending that way. The home team is winning both games, but I think it ends. I think Carolina ends the series in Boston. Um, I don't think Boston's going to force a game seven. I think Carolina is going to um, close it out. So I'll, I'll go shot. Okay. And then there's the angry face right behind. You're actually perfectly yeah. aligned with that. That is perfect. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go buying around. I'm going to go the other way. Uh, I think Boston wins game uh, game six, and then uh, Carolina, they whatever they drink before they get on the ice in Carolina, oh. it is just amazing. They they dominate everything. They yep. stifle the other teams. I did say originally uh, Boston in six, but they can't solve the goal. Speaking about not being able to solve a backup goaltender, uh, Boston just – They've been able to do it, so I haven't been able to do it. But they've been able to do it in Boston, so we'll go with that one. And, and by the way, all road, all home wins for every single team in that series. I, it's great that I put all these extra chirons in, but then I end up <laughs> forgetting to bring them back up. And then, of course, the, really the game to talk about, and I still can't believe that we're, I'm talking about it like this, but 
The Toronto Maple Leafs playoff maturation has finally arrived. I see to you, Mr. LaRocca. Uh, beer, because, you know, there, there's still there's still time for the Maple Leafs to disappoint their fans. Um, they're up 3-2. They've blown series leads to Boston in prior years. Um, they, they've, they've been kind of known for it, really, the last couple of years they're in the playoffs. Whether it's blowing a lead in a game or blowing a lead in a series, it's what they do. Um, and the Lightning are the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. You can't count them out. You can't. They're 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 going home now for for Game Six. I gotta believe that Tampa Bay, the experienced team they are, they're not going to get closed out in their home ice, and that they're going to win, and that this is going to go to a Game Seven in Toronto, and for all the marbles. In which case, if the Maple Leafs lose, man, it's going to be it's going to be the same old story, but even more so this year with with just the pointing fingers and the blame. Um, so yeah, I get it. They've they've looked good. They've taken it to Tampa Bay. Um, they've been the better team this series for, for sure. I give them that credit, but I'm not ready to kind of crown them and say all their playoff woes are over and they turned a corner because again, there's still time left and they're playing the, like, again, like I just said, the back-to-back defending Stanley cup champion. So that's why it's a beer for me and not round. Um, I still think there's, there's potential for them to lose this. I want to buy around so bad and be on the, and, 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 and buy this stock before it goes up. Cause if they, if things stay the way they were trending, they might be winning a lot more because if the, if they face the capitals in the next round, but it's a beer for me too. Uh, I even have it highlighted to, to, to hit around, but no, it's just a beer for me too. And the reason why I'm still going to stick with that one is just, Oh, it's so it's it, you're so tempted by it, but you've seen them fail so much yep. over the last 20 years. And uh, watching Austin Matthews, I mean, uh, watching Austin Matthews uh, just just bury that goal. And, I, mm-hmm. and I'm watching it last night. Uh, William Nylander fitting that goal. Uh, Vasilevsky over committing a little bit towards the post. It just. Wow, everything looks like it's going their way, but I don't know. I don't know. There's a, by the way, there's an interesting comment right here. Uh, honestly, yeah, I'm an Islanders fan. I may be crazy, but I'm not panicking. He did lose the locker room and he had to go. Plus, it is time to play. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Maybe. And the other part of that is also the young players finally might be able to grow more comfortably, which is a bad thing. Yeah. You know what? Okay, address that. I'm I'm on that boat. Um, again, Trotz was a good coach. There's no denying that. One of the best. But no one was. No one is without. You know, uh, kind of not being able to have blame placed on them. Listen, they, they didn't make the playoffs. I know that's none of it's really his fault. But um, they underperformed, and Lou held him accountable. And again, you know, as good as Trotz is, he has his moments too, where he favors. He favors veteran players who really shouldn't get that much of benefit of the doubt at times. I mean, Palmieri, he finished the season strong and had 15 goals, which is remarkable being how bad he was in the first half. But he went the first 20, what was it? I think it was something like 29 games with having one goal. Um, you know, and he, had, and he had a long leash there. Um, and it wasn't until he got hurt and injured where he was held out of the lineup. But, you know, the way he handled Oliver Wallstrom. Um, so, yeah, Trotz had some of his warts. Um, but Again, he's he's not he's not the end all be all here. I, I think that they could they could hire another really good coach and Mike Babcock or Paul Maurice or anyone else and implement their system and they could still be a better team, even when they were with Trotz. So um 
yeah, it's it's there's a lot there's a lot of time left here to see how it shakes out, but um, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, THG. So that's from Twelve Angry Men. Your avatar, right? I just want to make sure. But uh, yeah, and and again, Mikey's bringing this one up right here. It's until Trots get uh, until Trots getting fired. All the Islander blogs are calling for him to get fired. And by the way, uh, my friend John over at All Things Islanders, Anthony, and myself, we all covered this. I wrote I wrote up a a practice article that was basically on uh, BigAppleHockeyPodcast.com. But it's just I I don't think it sends a good message that you, the second I understand accountability, but everyone, every Islander fan was saying, well, this is. Yeah, thanks. Juror number two. All right. By the way, if you haven't watched 12 Angry Men, the original Henry Fonda one, watch that one. It's a great movie. Uh, but every every Islander fan was saying, well, they had the 13-game road trip. They yep. had uh, they had COVID hit them. They had a, a, a long way to get back, and then they couldn't do it. There was a list of it. Um, I'm not going to use the word excuses. There was a list of reasons why they didn't do it. And my conversation back, especially at the bar was there's a little bit more to that because I still think there were personnel decisions, but I think those decisions were more on Lou than they were on Barry. And that's why I defend Barry on this. Now, I also kind of agree with what you're saying, Anthony. I understand him getting fired uh, shows that they're trying to hold him accountable. They're trying to go in a different direction. They think a little bit more offense would help them. I just, I question whether or not, and I mean, yeah, but as we're saying, lineup decisions like uh, Bailey, Char, Green, I mean, what else were you filling them up with? You couldn't go to Robin Sowell all the time. And then they, they put him in the minors, right? Yeah. I mean, Sowell yeah. looked good when he first came up. Um, he could skate. And the biggest thing with good, you look at good teams nowadays, you have fast mobile defensemen who can move the puck up the ice. And the Islanders really, I mean, Ryan Pollock's got a good shot, and don't get me wrong, he's he's a good skater, but he's not he's not the fastest, you know. Adam Pella, good skater, um, he's got speed, but you know he's not a he's not an offensive defenseman. I mean, so you're you're really left with Noah Noah Dobson as your true offensive defenseman, um, and you you need more of those in the lineup. And Robin Salo is that he could skate well, move the puck. Why not put him in? I mean, you don't have to play Andy Green and Chara for every game. I mean, they're older, and you could tell they lost a couple of steps. So, um, yeah, they were, I honestly did not. I so I agree with him there. Some of his decision making there was was nonsensical. To be honest with you. All right. Well, he mentions uh, uh, Goloshev, who didn't get any playing time. I think did he play one game? No, no. He got he got recalled when a bunch of um. Uh, COVID was hitting the Islanders and players were out, but Trotz never Trotz never put him in the lineup. And as Mike says, sometimes you find out stuff like that. The best defenseman on the Rangers is Ke'Andre Miller right now. Who'd have thought that? Yeah. So I also think, by the way, that's where tandems happen, where you lose somebody in a tandem. You're seeing that with Adam Fox. Adam Fox is trying to compensate for uh, Justin Braun or not having uh, uh, Ryan Lindgren right there. So it's, you know, you get, you get tandems, they just work. And then, then the, def the player ends up struggling when 
their guy isn't there. That's where it was kind of odd for uh, Pellick and Pollock when they broke them up. Yeah. By the way, we're going to keep on with the questions. I just want to sign off on this. By the way, guys, uh, so that's our uh, Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk. And where don't, don't forget to leave a like, drop us a comment, and subscribe. And now this we get to cover both of our paces to see if we can both hide. All right. This is a this is an interesting. What do you what do you think of that, Mark? Let, let's say let's say the Rangers get waxed six one tonight. Um, would you even have an inkling of a thought where you'd say, okay, well, Gallant Gallant should go? Uh, I will bring that up like this. So we're going to ask Jim Dolan to pay the remainder of his contract, which is not one year. It's not two years. I believe it's a four or five year deal all right now. No, I don't see it happening. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, I say, I say the same thing. Even if they were to get killed tonight, um, that would be ridiculous to, to let him go. I don't think that's, that's not something to be on the table. Um, now I will say though, if they were to lose, of you know, in that fashion, you know, where the game where the game was a blowout. Um, would you say that this would you say that this season for them was a disappointment? Here's here's the trouble with that. And by the way, Doom, thank you very much because oh oh I want to bash my head against the wall. Saying the same lineup means Patrick Nemeth is going to play. I think Patrick Nemeth needs to go to a farm and join old Yeller. That's, I mean, I, it took me a while to get on that Patrick Nemeth train. Filk was on there when they signed him. Mm -hmm. So you could even go through our, um, our thing. It's, I don't, I don't think, I don't think he's, he's going to be in trouble now. Sorry, Anthony. What was the question? If they lose in embarrassing fashion tonight, um, could Gallant be in trouble? No, no, no. Or, or if they just lose, would you say that this season? Oh, season's disappointment. Okay. I'm glad you brought that up. Because here's the thing. Beginning of the season, I had the Rangers as in third place, losing to the Islanders in the first round who were going to go on to the Stanley Cup Finals. Then everything progressed. The Rangers were the top team in the NHL at one point. It's actually not at one point, a couple different points in January. And we all saw holes in their, in their, in their team. Uh, they they kind of lacked depth. It was a lot on Igor. It was either Kreider or or, or uh, Panarin scoring or, or nothing else. I don't think it's I don't think it's a disappointment overall. If you ask me in September, I think it's a disappointment if you ask me right now, because evaluations, because everything progresses, and right now the New York Rangers are like the month of April. They were they were a dangerous team. We even said it. We even said that they could be a real challenger for the Stanley Cup. And then getting beat by Carolina, maybe that reality checked us a little bit as fans. But the truth is, um, no, I just, I don't think it's a disappointment. I'm disappointed now because I thought this team had a lot more potential. But the truth is they're just, the, everything, when I did the preview, pointed towards the Rangers are better than Pittsburgh and it wasn't even close. Now it's you, you lose Igor for, for, for all intents and purposes, New York Ranger fans, 
Igor Sesterkin is not playing in this series. Uh, I don't know who that is in net, but we'll we'll find out if that's the same guy next year. Uh, you lose Lindgren, you lose Goudreau, you lose uh, all your physicality that you had. Pittsburgh gets theirs back. They get back Jason Zucker. They get back uh, yeah, some of their guys. They lost. They're still, they're still missing Ricard Raquel and Tristan Jarry and Casey the Smith, their first two goaltenders. So they're... again, I still think it's easier to play with a backup because then you're gonna you're gonna you're you're, you're gonna play tighter. It's not even their backup. It's their third string goalie. You know? So I don't know if I agree with that. I think that's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Well, if it comes down, if it's a matter of that, the Rangers did not prep for him. That's one story, but he's my, I know, I know. And I know, by the way, what everybody's saying, because everybody in this is saying the same thing. And I do agree with this. And and I say that maybe uh, contracts might play into this, but if he's playing Patrick Nemeth, because he has to Jared Tenorti's not the answer either. And maybe there's a reason why they haven't brought up Jones or anyone else. My my thought is even if they lose tonight, regardless of the fashion, that this season's not a disappointment because when it comes down to it, um, there were I mean there there weren't many people overall throughout the league that had the Rangers in the you know in the playoffs as a, as a sure thing. So the fact that they made the playoffs and had as good of a season as they did, I think you know that's that's a win for not making the playoffs in five years to get back to level there this year. That's a win. No matter how you, no matter how you slice it, um, it's just it's not realistic for 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 teams to be out of the playoffs for five years and then you know get into the playoffs and then you know go far or win a Stanley Cup. Like I know you know some Ranger fans, like the playoff pool that you know Alex and I do that you're in, you know a lot of Ranger fans pick the Rangers to go very far, and I think it's you're you're, you're doing it as a fan with your heart, but ultimately um, it's not realistic where you have a team that's been out of the playoffs for five years, get back in and go all the way. It just doesn't, it doesn't happen. Usually it's, it's more of a progression. You get back in the playoffs, you lose in the first round. Then the following year, um, maybe you, you know, you win a round or two. And then maybe the year after that, you actually regress. Maybe you, you lose, you only win run round as opposed to two. And then maybe that's when you turn the corner and win a cup, you know? So um, if you look at the, the lightning mark, remember mm-hmm. a couple of years back, uh, they lost to Chicago in 20, 2015. Um, and even at that, in, the, in, in they 2014, missed, they lost, uh, I believe, Montreal yes. in the first round. And then, they missed, they, and then they missed the playoffs after that for a year. What was it the 20, was the 2017 season where they, they missed the playoffs and then they came back? And then since then, they've been a team that's made it and obviously has gone on to win rounds and win cups. So sometimes that can happen too. But um, – Overall, no matter what happens tonight, I would say the Rangers had a successful season for sure. I think, first off, they played their first playoff game within uh, five years, and they are an up-and-coming franchise still. I want to pull out one team stat besides the 40% face-off. They had 24 shots on net. We could say that they didn't want to pull the trigger. That's also the Penguins not letting them get shots at the net. Uh, they were the Penguins had 18 blocks, so you're looking at uh 42 shots that were attempted that are statistically there. I can't categorize the shot attempts that missed, but or at least just looking at these stats at the moment, I know those stats exist. Uh, 
the, the Penguins tightened up in front of Louis Domingue. They, they made sure that they were laying all out. And look, they, they made, they, we had, they had playoff games. It's not over yet, by the way. Still well, not over. No, no. I mean, let's be, let's be honest about something else. Pittsburgh ain't exactly the strongest mentally fit team, period. Look what the New York Islanders did to them last year. The, the Islanders won game five in overtime with that beautiful pass Tristan Jari made to Josh Bailey. Uh, that was like, oh, hey, look, I should, because everybody knows you pass it up the middle as a goalie and a defenseman. So anyway, he goes, he makes the pass to Bailey, then allows the goal. Then they go to Nassau Coliseum. I even think they took a two nothing lead in that in game six and were a complete no show the rest of the game as soon as the Islanders well, tied it. You know what made a difference in that series? Um, Ilya Sorokin was four and zero and had a nine forty three save percentage against against Pittsburgh in that in that series. Yes. Yes. Um, and what also is what's difference between the last two times the Islanders played him in the playoffs and the Rangers, um, Adam Pellick and Ryan Pollock totally neutralized Crosby in both both those series. The first year, the first year Crosby, it's been so long ago I can't remember now. But he he either had zero points or only had one point um, in those in those four games. I don't know if it was zero or one. And then last year they they again they completely neutralized Crosby. I believe he only had I think he only had two points the whole series. So mm-hmm. that's what's missing right now. There's the Rangers don't have a defensive pair right now that's shutting down Crosby and he's making or 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 a viable center that can go up against him. Yes. Now by the way. There's a reason why the mantra is no quit in New York. Yeah. So hopefully we won't see any quit tonight. This is an interesting comment from Sean, because I know you love Kreider, the president of his fan club, but this is an yes. interesting one only because again, it's not going to happen. He's got trade. He's got no trade protection. Until 2024. Yeah. But I, I see, I see what he's, what he's, what he's saying because yes, he's having a career year. He scored what? 53 goals. Um, I, I got to tell you, I know we've had this discussion actually, before, but no one, oh, it's very rare that someone just becomes a 40 goal scorer or, or 50 goal scorer at, you know, the age 30 or more. Like I would, I would bet a decent amount of money next year that Chris Kreider only has about 25 to 30 goals. Um, Cause that's, that's been his, that's been his norm, his, his whole career. So it's easier to say that than saying than sitting there saying he's going to score forty or fifty again next year. I, I don't. I that's not that's not guaranteed money. That's not in the bank. He needs to prove it more before you can call him that. So I get why. So I get what Sean's saying here. Yeah. His trade value. He's technically speaking, his trade value is at the highest it's ever going to get. So. And if, and by the way, Sean, just to mention this, Chris Kreider's career in the playoffs, his best games have always come against uh, come against elimination. Uh, see 2013, him scoring the OT winner versus the Bruins. By the way, I'll get to that with the young players in a second. And and speaking about tone deaf things, I'll, I got to get to that in one one more second. I'm gonna get the tweet up. But Chris Kreider uh, against uh, the Washington Capitals, Game Five, had the tying goal that forced overtime. Ryan McDonough's winner, and then had a two goal first period against Washington Capitals, which really forced Game Seven. Kreider is Kreider is, is still there and, and you know something uh, I think he's going to get another 30 because I think the evolution of his game has 
has differed. He doesn't want to play the speed game as much. Now he's finally willing to play the size game. And all of his goals, there's, there's, he's got three goals because I've charted all these goals outside of the house. And a lot of them, they're all in front of the net and he's battling. And that's just what he's going to, he's, he, that's what he's going to be the next two years at least. And then maybe 2024, you, maybe you move on from him. I don't think you have to. His, his, his salary isn't that astronomical that it's so no. bad. But, uh, and go ahead, pick another question. I got to get this tweet for you because I got to show you this. I, I alluded to it earlier. It is one of the most dumb, tone deaf things anyone ever could say. But go ahead. Uh, just, um, it was this this Jerry couldn't stop beach ball against the Islanders last year, which is true. Jerry Jerry was not Jerry was not good, um, obviously, but the Islanders won that series mainly because again they totally shut down Crosby um, and they made the switch from Varlamov to Sorokin. Uh, obviously, Jerry's play helped, but those were the two main reasons why the Islanders were able to beat Pittsburgh again. I'm I'm almost there. I almost got it. Oh, hey, here it is. And let's get it up. You know when you say something and you just completely ignore all rational logic? Well, ladies and gentlemen, I give you David Quinn. What an idiotic sentence. Then play the kids more, coach. Why do you think you're not here? He is that, didn't play the kids. Is that really David Quinn, though, or is that a parody? That really David Quinn. David Quinn, NHL. That is still one of the most ridiculous things I have ever heard a guy just come right out and say. You're supposed to be here to develop him. You weren't supposed to bench Capococco for half his career. It's... Um, Mark, I know you said it's real, but he only has he only has only four hundred and seventy five people are following him. That's that's not. I don't no. think that's Quinn. <laughs> well, it's I, Quinn NHL. I understand that, but I think it's a. I think it's a. It just a. Yeah, like you see some of these tweets. Like, I mean, Aaron Judge wins it for the Yankees in all caps. I mean, isn't it a coach really? I mean, Official coach, the but the official account. Yay, yay, Stanton. I understand that, <laughs> but do you realize how good you do? You do you understand how good fakes can be? Like good. Well, Stanton. I just got duped. Then you did. You got duped. That's not. I David saw Quinn. that and I was infuriated. No, that's not him. <laughs> all right. No. All right. I should have known. By the way, good yeah. thing the government's gonna start an investigation board on disinformation. But no, don't. Oh, yeah, just just. Uh... But by the way, David Quinn still wouldn't play the kids. He still wouldn't. He wouldn't let Matty Berniers take a, a a shootout goal in or shootout attempt in the Olympics. So. so. All right. So I guess good thing. Good thing that wasn't on the main show. But yes, it's in Q&A and it's buried and nobody's going to watch the entire thing. Not David so, Quinn. So it's not David Quinn. All right. 
Awesome. Yeah. So in other words, all right, let's let's all right. Somebody actually put their time in to say official David Quinn account. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. That's, that's what people do, Mark. <laughs> Gosh, people need to have more time with their yeah, Justin Quinn, by the way. <laughs> David Quinno. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, there's there's my Michael Scott impression. Definitely right there. So I mean yeah, Quinn oh, Quinn would even do it to get back uh Brendan Smith and then use him as a fourth line wing. Uh so it's still it's just Anthony taking uh Anthony talking Mark out of the ledge is my favorite part of the show. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Quavid Quinn. I mean, it's it, it's 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 unfathomable. I'm gonna look up what Gerard Con- uh, Gallant's contract is right now. But by the way, uh, 62% of you said the Rangers are going to force Game Six. I'm gonna end the poll right there. And yeah, I see that. Like I said I, earlier, I could see that happening. They 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 could win tonight. It's again, they're just their best players are gonna have to come to play though. That's that's how they're gonna win the game. Oh, one thing that can completely change the entire series, you know. Although, I, again, I said he's gassed, but um, if Igor Sestorkin comes out and let's say he posts the shutout tonight, who's to say he doesn't do the same in Game Six? I mean, he, he gets hot. He gets hot. The Rangers are there. I still think there's no real reason to start Georgiev. He has not anything to do with this franchise. He will be gone within no. two months. There's no, there's no reason. Like I said, I, I told you earlier, if he started and the Rangers lost, that that would be a real risky thing for Gallant. He'd be putting himself in, you know, the line of fire. But I, that's not happening. Circuit starting. It was announced uh, yesterday or after Game Four. So, by the way. Uh, Gerard Gallant, three more years at $3.5 million. They are not eating $10.5 million for a playoff coach. No, so, no, it would be – that would be shocking. That would be even more shocking than the Islanders firing trots if Quinn got the can. Is Nemeth the Rangers version of Chara? I think <laughs> Chara is better. He's got a Norris trophy. Patrick Nemeth is high-sticking people in the face. I said this earlier – uh, I think I was a reply on to one of our comments, but I'll take a cone over Patrick Nemeth. A cone won't get out of position, and he won't high stick anyone in the face. Yeah, Charles Charles really slow, but at least at least his positioning, he knows where to be. He's still effective on the penalty kill, just because of his size and reach. Um, so yeah, he's he's definitely better than Patrick Nemeth. Patrick Nemeth shouldn't be in the NHL. Doom, wow, that is a great new name for him. Panic Nemeth. So uh, that that is awesome. Um, no, uh, wrong one. Um, that I'd pull Igor if he gives up two. Two. Yeah. Uh I mean, I wouldn't. So you're saying let's if he let up a goal in the first two minutes, and then he let up a goal in the in the last two minutes that far apart, you'd still pull him. That would be uh, ridiculous. I wouldn't do it. That far apart is ridiculous. 
But, but if if they end up because by the way, sometimes pulling a goaltender is not the goalie. And yes. that's what game three was. Yep. Game three was wake up, boys. This is, game four was Igor. Igor was overcommitting on everything. Look at the look at the Crosby goal. And uh, I think if, if he let up if it was let's say three nothing penguins and it was you know ten minutes seven to ten minutes into the game, then I think you pull them. I think what's scarier is that most of the goals were scored on one net in Pittsburgh until the second period, and they kind of even it up a little bit more um, of the last game. Yeah, and by the way, Chris G, you're right. that uh, You can hate Ryan Whitney, but you got to take care of the house. That's what they always say. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of the house. That's what we've all known. As hockey players. Uh, first, they should let Kyle take all the face-offs. He's a 50, I think he's a 53% face-off guy this year. So, I, I, Ryan Strom, never mind. Patrick Nemeth is, is one story. Ryan Strom is the forward of Patrick Nemeth. Just because you get points doesn't mean <laughs> we get to forget. You take bad penalties. You're out of position defensively. Just... Uh, I mean, it might sound like Ryan Strom is my whipping boy, but by the way, Anthony, who was your whipping boy for the Islanders this year? Andy Green. Bailey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the coach does that sometimes. Tells the players, "You're playing like trash. Look what you've done." Yep. Which I think in it was almost not what Victor Tikhanov did in the Miracle on Ice. He he squarely blamed blamed it on uh Trediak yeah. and he didn't and he shouldn't have. Imagine Trediak stayed at that game. Yeah, by the way, that's a good question too about the puck being in the net um until Crosby whacked at it and they stayed forever on that replay. 90 seconds. Instant replay, 90 seconds. If it's not in the net, it's not in the net. We don't need it blown up like the Calgary overtime game winner in uh, the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals where they're still saying, oh, it was ours. Okay, are you sure 100%? It's the next day. That's where you're saying they should have won. Problem is, again, who are you you, putting in instead of – Patrick Demeth. What I would do is I'd run 5D. I wouldn't even use Patrick Demeth. On the fourth line. Or just or just just make him sit there and watch a game. Maybe he'll actually many, learn how to play hockey. He's got how many years left too after this? He's got two more years. Oof. Two more years at 2.5. Don't worry. Don't worry. A team will take him. Um, he's got an 18, he's got an 18 no trade list. That's what I said about that's what I said about Thomas Hickey. And see, no one took him. So, Anthony, you gave me hope. You know why? why? Somebody took Andrew Ladd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you yeah, could trade true. Andrew Ladd, who did not play a full season, yeah, that was six point five million dollars. That, that was you could do that, anything. No, five and a half million. Five and a half million. That was oh, mas- that was a masterful job by Lou. Yeah, I mean. 
And who knows? Maybe Patrick Nemeth has played some good games this year. It has been few and far between, but he's played some good games this year. Um, <laughs> I tie Nemeth to the ceiling and have the fans hit him with bats. <laughs> and a Nemeth pinata. <laughs> but. Uh, the deep pairings: Steiner and uh, Steiner and Fox, Miller and Truba, Nemeth and Braun. Again, yeah. Well, you know, don't put Nemeth and Braun together. I don't know. I still take Justin Braun over over Patrick Nemeth. Just, but I understand what you're saying, David. Just just use all four of them. Uh, just run out four D. Uh, just. <laughs> I know. I know. It's it's, good. It, it's so bad. This is so bad right now. And we didn't even get to, we didn't even, actually, you know something? We got to talk about this. The draft lottery was last night. Yep. Devils. Um, the Devils winning again the second uh, overall pick. Just getting the Chiron for it. I mean, Anthony, give me your first thought about the lottery. Um, I mean, I like that they changed the rules that you can only you can only move up a certain amount of spots, and also depending on how many times you've won it prior. Um, I like that just so it'll prevent again from the Oilers picking first three years in a row like they did when they took Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, and then Yakupov. Um, so I like that. But the Devils moving up again kind of sucks, but it is what it is. <laughs> And again, well, the one thing I can say is at least there's not a huge draft. The, 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 yes. There isn't. This isn't the Connor Bedard draft. But I do have to say this: if I'm the Arizona Coyotes, what the hell do we have to do to win a lottery? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you got to be kidding me. The Arizona well, Coyotes, who have, who have been just abysmal, they have stripped it all down for this purpose, and their reward is the third overall pick again. I'm playing in a five thousand seat arena, that, that, that yeah, just... that they're hoping to have it all fixed by tomorrow, and okay. and I know what everybody's kind of thinking, Devils fans especially, like, oh, imagine if um, imagine, yeah, the Rangers look overmatched. Uh, George, have a good one. Take it easy. But uh, the I know what the, what what fans are thinking. Oh, the Devils are so stacked with talent. Yeah, you got to have a coach and you got to put it all together. That's what you yep. have to do. Lindy Ruff isn't going to be that answer, and they haven't fully committed to Lindy Ruff at all. So they it's got, got rid of his assistant. Uh, well, I think they kind of did. I mean, they they fired his assistants, but they left him. So uh, pretty sure they, you know. That he's he's gonna be back. I've said this before. I'll say it again. I'm starting to really think Lindy Ruff is just a coach that benefited from two great goaltenders. I mean, that's about it. I mean, outside of Dominic Hasek and um, the dominator, the dominator. Yes. I mean, <laughs> he's trying to get New Jersey more into hockey. Yeah. Oh, the Devils are the new Oilers. Oh, hey, Rob, how about this one? I did not hear about that. Montreal said they're willing to trade the first overall pick. Uh, to, oh, 
I've I've heard about that. I don't think that's right. And yeah. and no, the answer is no. I'm not dealing a lot for near. Certainly not for I. There was a, a comment that was up here earlier. Sorry, it's David. I didn't think it was yours. It's essentially Lafreniere for Shane Wright. Yeah. And I understand what you're trying to, what everybody's trying to do with that. But now you're going backwards to try to get. Uh, Shane, Shane Wright has uh, gotten some comparisons to Patrice Bergeron than he, in the sense that he plays a 200-foot game. Shane Wright's also been coming, falling off of draft boards lately. The, some of his valuations haven't he, been as glowing as you thought. He's still he's still the consensus number one though. Yeah, but look, I also think Gordon's got to make that offer officially, and Gordon's I don't think Chris Drury's going to accept it. He's not the general manager. Mark, oh who Gordon? No, Gordon. yeah, that's right. He's not the general that's, manager. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Well, because they need a Frenchie. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was reading Matador's one of uh, you, you think the Rangers have some nerve using the catchphrase no quit in New York. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to find out tonight. I'll tell you that. <laughs> By the way, I do want to thank some of the uh, Pittsburgh fans that have been in the comments that some of them who have stuck around to actually debate They've done great because I've actually had conversations with them and conversations is what, what it's all about. Instead of just going, Oh, you're crying about that uh, disallowed goal. Yes. It could tremendously change this series. Oh, who knows? Pittsburgh would have tied it. Yeah, that could have been, but you know what? They also could have not have would have been two, two in the series. Yeah. By the way, that the other thing is Brennan Oppen's playing uh, in the minors. And playing well, and he's probably going to be with the team next year. But can, can I, Ant, Ant, let me throw this one at you. I think the Rangers could win the Stanley Cup with two rookies as forwards playing huge roles. Two rookies? What do you mean? Who? If it was if they made that deal for Shane Wright. Oh. Um, no, I mean, I don't think Shane Wright, again, it, it's not everybody, and I think this was the frustration of Kako and Lafreniere for some people. Not everybody's going to come in and be – you know, Crosby or Patrick Kane or, you know, rookie right off the bat scoring. So if they made that trade, I, I don't think that makes them any better of a team. Yeah. And let's they say they're good. Connor McDavid playing great and then gets injured. And then now what? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't think that would be a good trade to begin with. If, especially if your goal is to rebuild, go right ahead and do that. Yeah. Or to continue the rebuild, I think the rebuild's over. I think now you got to build. Yeah, so no, definitely. Need a contender. This, regardless, what happens in the series, this is a pivotal offseason for the Rangers because they clearly need to they need to improve their team. I think defensively, um, I think they should let Strom go, get a true second line center, move Cop to the third line spot. I think those should be the priorities. You know, oh, and get a better backup. Move move on from Gorgiev. Yeah, get a backup that's a professional for starters. Um, yeah, Igor Chance. Oh, at PNC Park. Yeah, wow. I saw that too. Oh God. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Rangers cap situation at the year ends. I think 
uh, I was talking with Stat Boy Steve, and I think it's about six million they have free, and that's before they get rid of, say, Georgiev and uh, Strom. But still, they have to re-sign Andrew Kopp, so that's going to go right back. Um, I'm not even, and again, I'm not trying to say I'm not killing Zabanjad, not saying he's a first line center, but I do have to say this. If you're not, if you're using him as a first line center and everybody's met, and you're also using him as, as a matchup center, he's doing two jobs. He's missed, he's miscast. Yeah. Rangers so, have six, Rangers have $6.3 million of cap space um, going into the, the off season. And that includes um, Ryan Strong being off the books. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Part of the problem was, and we went over this, and it was a good laugh that I had with him. But Wait. it was um, uh, the Rangers bought out Dan Girardi, and then signed Kevin Shattenkirk, and bought out Kevin Shattenkirk, and then bought out Tony D'Angelo, which is exactly the amount of money that is on the penalties. Stop buying out defensemen. But First how off, do you don't give contracts to guys that you shouldn't be giving contracts to? Question is, how do you, um, I mean, for six million, how do you resign Cop and do everything you want to do for six million? How do you resign Cop, Vetrano, um, yeah. Tyler Mott, and Sammy Blay? Sammy Blay is going to get a qualifying offer. Yeah, that's yeah. a great question. Um, not only that, but also, not that he's going to break the bank, but Kako is an RFA this year too. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the cap is going to go up by like one or two million. One million. That's not enough. One million. But that that yeah, that's million. factored into that six point three. That's that's. Oh, that is factored yeah. in there. Okay. Yeah. You're going to have to try to find somebody to take Patrick Nemeth. That's going to cost you a draft pick. I'll say. Yeah. At least a third rounder. Um. Yeah. That starts that. This is why the Jacob Trouba contract really. I was just gonna say that—that's the guy that if you could somehow, if you could somehow dump, you do it. But, but he's got a no-move clause for another two years. Yeah, and, it's just, yeah. And now that you need you need a backup, you need a backup goal. So with that six point three million, you need to re-sign Cop Kako, uh, get a backup goalie. Um, you know, improve the defense a little bit. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting offseason for for the Rangers. They're they're you know see uh, Drury's gonna have some work to do. And Rick answering the question: Can they win the cup next year? This is why this one hurts. Their window really was right now. Now it, it now you could say it was opening. You could use it like that. And I gave all the reasons why they might not be a cup contender this year. However, as Anthony just outlined. They got a lot of work to do next year. And um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of teams that are in that position. Carolina is going to lose Tony D'Angelo. Uh, they're, I don't know what they yeah, do they, with their goaltending. Niederreiter and Trocek are free agents. Near, yeah, there's two more. There's there's going to be a dearth of good quality free agents. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Could, now, by the way, there's also lots of other factors that go in there. Are other teams going to take a jump? 
Are the Islanders going to come back? Is Pittsburgh still going to hold their window open? This might be Pittsburgh's last run because a lot of their guys are free agents too. Latang, Malkin. Um, yeah, you know, I, they got a I, lot of free agents going out. I think those guys are going to come back though. I, I don't see them playing anywhere else. Malkin could always go back to Russia. I think that's always I think, in there. I think Brian Rust is the free agent that I think they might have to lose if they want to bring back Latang and Malkin. Uh, Zabanishad signed to an extension. He's a, yeah. he's going to be on. Yeah, they're not moving him after signing that extension. Yeah, uh, you got it up right now, right? It's eight years at uh, eight point five. Uh, hold on. Is it Benajad? Yeah, eight point five. Yeah, and Fox is making nine, right? And eight years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. but you yeah. know what? By the way, there there's lots of general managers that manage to do things that you go, how do they fit them under the cap? Well, they'll they'll figure that out. Yeah. Usually they, it's for the trade deadline because you have more cap space. Yeah, I, I think that. There's no one else they could really. There's no one else they could really move that makes any sort of salary. I mean, they just signed Goudreau, so I don't see them moving him. Um, you know, obviously Kreider. And he's got no trade protection, I think. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Kreider's not going to go anywhere. Um, Zibanejad just resigned; he's not going anywhere. Um, the obvious Panarin's not going anywhere. Um, so, I mean, yeah, who do you move? Do you move – Jacob Truba, he's got four years left after this, but he's got a no-movement clause. So I, I don't I don't think that he's going to agree to go anywhere. No, and uh, no-movement would also include buyout, if I recall correctly. And, again, Goudreau, um, just, Goudreau just signed. I, I, don't, I don't think that the Rangers would move him a, a year, you know, a year into signing him. Don't see it. Yeah, he's got a modified no-trade clause. Again, now you look at some of the other guys. Patrick Nemeth, modified no-trade. He's got an eight-team no-trade list. Yeah, There's eight teams you can't trade him to. Um, No-move clause, and then uh, afterwards he submits uh, a 15-team no-trade list. Sorry, that's Jacob Truba. I never said his name on that. Rangers are going to have to scuffle for a little bit next season. And <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it's you, it's you gotta rough. think you gotta think cop is gonna on the free agent market, cop's probably gonna want, you know, maybe a similar deal to like Pajot. He's gonna probably want a in the range of five to six million. That's just that's which just, is again Brian Strom making four point five million. It's uh sorry, Panarin. Uh sorry, uh, sorry Ann, I'm looking at these these numbers for next year. Ugh. It's going to be, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to figure heads or tails out of all this. Yeah. Again, just 6 million for re-signing Kako cop, you know, or cop or another center backup goalie. Um, it's not a lot of, it's not a lot of cap space. No. And, they're gonna to have to figure out how to how to get some guys out of there. You can start by cutting dried and hunt. There's seven and a half, seven hundred fifty thousand. Um, Lori Pionami goes against there. I don't know how much Kako gets. I really don't. 
Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get a bridge deal. I don't think they're going to go long term. Um, Here's a name that might be gone next year, Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Three million. Three three million. I don't think he has trade protection, so that could be, yeah, I mean, that could be one. Though they're going to have to qualify Georgiev before they before they try to trade him or trade away trade away his his rights first. That'll be before the deadline. Alapapa Buchnevich. And this is where I still disagree with Phil. He still th- everybody still thinks they could have kept Buchnevich on this team. I don't think so. But I got about a couple of minutes left in me, Mark. Yeah, yeah. I think I think actually we've covered everything. And we're when we're looking at the range of salary cap, and I'm wanting to slip my wrist more thinking about <laughs> to, just tonight in general. Yeah. Um, Nels Lundqvist, I still think is going to be a player on there. You don't say Kako bye bye because. Well, and, I mean, oh. you could. I mean, you could save yourself. What he figure he what maybe three million. So you save yourself three million if you moved them. <laughs> Sean, uh, I'll drink the Kool-Aid after you. Um, well, contracts, I'll tell you this. You know who's eligible to sign a contract on July 1st? Extension? Matt Barzell. Yeah, and that's one reason why I think – I've I've made this bold prediction, Anthony. Let me get you on this one. We're going to go long-term with them. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously they just fired Barry Trotz because I think Matt Barzell is the one that – ratted him out, but I would have said Matt Bar's um uh Matt Barzell would have been a great centerpiece to go get Leon Dreisidel. Yeah, but I mean but, it would in theory, yes, but it would even it would cost <clears throat> it would cost more than it would cost more than Barzell and uh I don't think the Oilers would ever trade Dreisidel. I don't well, it's it's getting to the point of what are the Oilers going to do? That, I'll say that. I'll say that. I have no idea what they're doing. Well, I mean, if they go out again in the first round, um, they're gonna. I guess they'll they'll prove the goalie. Maybe add some more support with scoring. Um, Evander Kane help there, but they need they need a little bit more. Um, but it's fairy tale land for anyone assuming that Drysdale and McDavid are going to be put on the market this summer. It's just it's just it's just not happening. It's just. It's just not. I, I know. Agree. I know it is. It's just I, I do root for stories. Yeah. But then, I, again, but then again, be careful what you wish for. You guys saw me last year with Jack Eichel. So, I'm so glad that's over. I would just be but floored. He, so Matt Barzell signs an extension with the New York Islanders. What's that going to look like, though? Eight years. Um, I mean, he, he'd probably want to be paid like, you know, upwards of nine, 10 million. Um, obviously his production doesn't warrant that, but I guess it's also, if you just look at his pure skill and talent, it does, but it hasn't translated yet. Um, in terms of what it, and actually proving it, but I, yeah, I mean, it would probably be around there. It'd probably be like around eight years, probably. Um, eight million on the low end to eight to nine million. I would say it's probably what he would ask for. Well, there you go. And Ledecky, I don't think he wants to sign, um, 
use all of that free agents, uh, the sorry cap space on re-signing his it own players. I think he wants to go out and get somebody big. It wouldn't go in, it that it wouldn't go into effect for this for next season's cap hit because he's got one year left on his deal. It would be the following year. Yeah, so but they're not signing Phil Forsberg for one deal. You have to compensate for the rest of it. No, what I'm saying is if Barzell signed an extension this year, that dollar, that cap hit wouldn't affect their cap this summer. It would be the following year because he's still under contract. Oh, under- yeah. No, I get you on that one. The, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, we're going to find out some news about Rangers soon enough because, as Chris G points out, Eichel played with a broken thumb for two months. You can only imagine what the Rangers – the uh, Ryan Lingren's definitely got an injury that's undisclosed, like a like something he's been playing with for a while. So it's it's going to be a lot. Anthony, before we close it all out, yep. give me your prediction for tonight. Um, my prediction for tonight is four two Rangers. I'm going to go three one Rangers, and I think that they need to completely lock it down. They need to. Remember the team they were last month and, and go on from there. Uh, it's it's just difficult. By the way, it's also, by the way, um, rough when you get a question like this right before about the sign off. What if Kako gets an offer sheet? I don't think Kako is getting an offer sheet. If I did, Not yet. if he did, I would say bye-bye. Take the, comp- take the compensation or whatever it would be. and uh, That would be a hell of a compensation. Yeah, I oh. think it would be a first and a third right away. Because no, uh, Kakniemi didn't he, did he get that? No, it depends on the dollar amount. It, oh it, yeah, it's, yeah. If, he, if right. it was an offer sheet for three million dollars, they don't get a first. You crazy man! Um, <laughs> oh yeah, well that's right. They have to, they have to really go nuts <laughs> on him. Um, I I do think, and again, Joe Graves, you're right. Fox is hurt. I I just think I just think there's going to be some fight in the Rangers tonight. And it's all going to come out tonight. I think Pittsburgh breaks them in game six, though. So that's where the hard part is. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, It's it's always a great time. And uh, I'll see you tonight for the postgame show. Till then, let's go Rangers.